You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's cool fact of the day is about hormones, which is kind of a dead giveaway that we might be talking about some hormones in the show, but this is something you probably didn't know. The early hormone biohackers, spies in World War II, actually have something in common. When there was the World War II, obviously, there was this war with Adolf Hitler running what is affectionately known as the bad guys. The Allied forces were looking for a way to disarm him and hadn't succeeded militarily, at least not at the time they were doing this. And they had just figured out in cutting-edge medical research that sex hormones made a difference in your aggression levels, and they had started to use sex hormones therapeutically in London. And the British had spies in Hitler's food network, and they realized that if they put stuff in his food that poisoned him, his food tasters would figure it out, because, well, they would die, and that they couldn't poison him. So they had a plan. They actually wrote this all out to put estrogen into his food. And you can't taste estrogen. And so over time... They're like, his food tasters won't know, but it would make him more passive and less hostile, maybe more like his younger sister, Paula, who was a secretary. So they never got to put the plan into action. So Hitler never grew a pair of boobs and had a desk job the way they hoped. But that is fascinating. And it's one of the first uh, first times I've come across of hearing about someone looking to use hormones militarily. Uh, instead of just use testosterone, make super soldiers and things like that, which we're still doing to this day, and it works pretty effectively. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. 
The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. And it's time to move on to today's guest, who is a certified primal blueprint expert, a health and life coach and writer, host of the wildly popular Primal Blueprint podcast, author of a new book called The Paleothyroid Solution, and her name is L. Rush. <laughs> L. Russ. L. welcome to Bulletproof Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's interesting you mentioned that tidbit about Nazi Germany, because I was thinking as you were saying that, they should have just zapped his thyroid. He would have been too tired and miserable to even get out of bed to do to do anything, not just estrogen, right? It, that could have been also another tactic. So maybe you're thinking that they should have put fluoride in his water? That's right. Fluoride, chlorine, maybe a little radioactive iodine on, while he was sleeping <laughs> on, the, on the gland. Yeah, he would have never been able to think straight to get any of the, the troops right. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because I, I know that, that we're going to talk about fluoride and how fluoride negatively impacts the thyroid, how it was one of the original drugs to slow thyroid function. Um, but a lot of people don't know that Fluoride is primarily a byproduct of aluminum production today, but the first big distributions of, of fluoride came as a result of the Manhattan Project. Not, not surprisingly, yeah. Bromine, fluoride, chlorine, those yeah. are all definitely antithyroid. Yes, soy is also antithyroid. My, my grandfather was one of the uh, original fluorine chemists. He wrote on that heading for the Encyclopedia Britannica, and on the Manhattan Project, he uh, created the Purex process for separating out uh, uranium, like it's, it's still used today. And he was, I used to ask him before he died, like, what do you think about fluorine? And, and he's like, that stuff's nasty stuff. You should get it nowhere near your body ever. Then again, he wasn't a biochemist. He was just a chemist, and he was looking at whether it would break your cells and smack you upside the head and burn your eyes and stuff. But anyway, just a little bit of an interesting tidbit since we're going way back in time. Sure. Now... You just came out with uh, the paleothyroid solution, and people probably don't know this, but you're a Hollywood writer and like a, a comedian yeah. and stuff. I am. What's, what is a Hollywood writer comedian doing writing about the thyroid? Because there's really nothing that funny about the thyroid <laughs> gland, right? There's nothing funny about it, but there are some hilarious uninformed doctor experiences that go on, you know, conversations with doctor that are, uh, doctors that are pretty funny. Um, yeah, you know, there's actually nothing funny about it. In fact, um, when I got a thyroid problem, I initially moved out here to, uh, I'm a comedian from the second city in Chicago, so my background's, you know, sketch comedy and improv, but I came out to be like a leading actress in Hollywood and TV and film, and when the thyroid stuff hit and I gained so much weight, clearly there's a type that I then was out of this type of leading lady and... When I realized that I still was undiagnosed for two years and I was just so fat and bloated and I thought, well, you know what, I guess I should go back to comedy because maybe then I will only be accepted as like the fat, funny friend or whatever category they're going to. So then I got back into comedy, which it wasn't my intention. But what was great about that is it turned me into a writer because we you know, just write hundreds of sketches and you perform uh, so much uh, and including with celebrities. So. Uh, and it's just a huge prolific problem. I never wanted to write a health book. I never even thought about getting into this. It was total accident. Um, meeting Mark, when I first met Mark, I didn't even know who he was or what the primal... Mark was. Sisson, you're talking about just yeah. for listeners who don't know. Mark, Mark yeah, Sisson, he's though. my publisher, yeah. Yeah, your publisher. And, and you're also, he's on, like, you guys co-host the show together, right? 
Yeah, he, he's so busy right now with Primal Kitchen and other things that he doesn't host as many as I do. So we're sort of cool. like took that over this year. But so, yeah, I mean, so there are there's some comedy involved. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's really not a funny subject. But, you know, I was really compelled to write it. And after hundreds of people, just wherever I would go in the world would just naturally bring up their thyroid problem to me. And then I would coach them or help them or spend time with them. And then it just became like, gosh, you know, I should really write a book because this is just in my reference range everywhere I go. So then Mark said, hey, you know, I actually want to write a thyroid book. And I said, well, I've got the one for you. Because going primal and paleo and low carb actually really changed my life and got me out of the insulin resistant state that hypothyroidism got me in. And also just there's too many nuances to paleo primal lifestyle, not just the the diet. I, I'm, I'm keto at this point and I stay low carb as much as possible. That's the best for me. But um, there are so many nuances to this way of living and being fat adapted that really helps every helps heal some underlying issues of hypothyroidism. So no one's ever done a book on these two. They might have mentioned a paleo diet in a thyroid book, but no one's ever really delved into it. So I felt like there was a reason to write a book. Yeah. There definitely is, and and I, I've gone really deep on Hashimoto's in, on the show with Isabella Wentz, um, who's a good friend, and I realized we've never covered like thyroid 101 on Bulletproof Radio, Yeah. and I wanted to go in on that with you because I realized probably half a million people end up hearing this interview, which is amazing. Of those people, a substantial percentage of them have thyroid problems and don't know it. And you, you can probably tell me what percentage of them. 60% are undiagnosed and <laughs> a lot are mistreated or undertreated as well. Those are people that have been diagnosed, but then they're just not on the right dosage, not on the right hormone, um, doctors not looking at other areas. So yeah, and 200 million people worldwide and 25 plus million Americans. So Synthroid, which is just one thyroid hormone replacement option and often not an optimal one, has, I don't know, 23, it's the number one brand name prescription sold in the US. I, I can tell you and, and listeners, when I was 27 and I, I did a full hormone workup, I'd already spent years and at least $100,000 on improving things. I was trying to get to the bottom why I was fat and tired all the time. Uh, I had a successful career, but it was I was barely holding it together. It was like all of my effort. I was just exhausted all the time, no matter how much yeah. I slept. And I did have Hashimoto's, and it's, it's gone oh. now. And Hashimoto's is an anti um, an autoimmune condition for that. And I remember the first time I went to the doctor, and the normal doctors, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Maybe you should lose some weight. And I'm like, I work out six days a week, an hour and a half a day, and I'm tired all the time, and I'm not losing weight. And maybe you can you know, kiss my ass because you can't tell me yeah. to lose weight either. But when I went to a functional doc and he put, he was like, your thyroid is trashed. And I had one of the problems that we're going to talk about that, that you're going to talk about. And he put me on the right things, not just Synthroid. And the next day I was like, oh my God, like this, I remember this. This is what I feel like. And it was because you such got a T3. Thing. He probably yeah. gave you something with T3 in it. He did. And the moment you take, even just if you're hypothyroid, and the moment you take just a little bit of that, your brain lights up immediately. Yes. It's almost like how you feel when you take the octane and you're like in between meals and you're not like hungry and you're But then, like, mm -hmm. I'll take a swig and then I'll be set to go for swimming and totally satiated and the brain lights up. You know what I mean? And there's it, less. It's that feeling, it's, right? It's, it's, it's so potent. It's amazing. Yeah. So you, you totally get it. And I love that analogy there, but it was, for me, it was life changing. And this one time I, I was in, I was in Europe and I had a month long roadshow where I was just like raising money for a startup. And I left my bag of supplements and thyroid hormone, uh, in the U S and, and I flew and I was in Malta 
Yeah, and that's bad. That's <laughs> I'm like a month without thyroid. It, I was like, I'm going to be disabled. And I was really, I was actually viscerally afraid. Um, this was probably almost 10 years ago. I'm like, I don't know if I can, if I can do this. Like, like I don't have this. So I had a friend send me like, like break into my apartment and send me my supplements like FedEx to Malta and the, the customs people, they're like, we can't let a box or bag of pills and all this stuff in. Right. And I met with a customs agent. I'm like, do you have socialized healthcare? And he goes, uh, why? I said, because if you don't give me my drugs within 48 hours, I'm going to have a seizure here on the floor of your hotel and you guys are going to have to pay to fix me. And he's like, he thought about it, he goes, I'll give you your pills on your way out of Malta. I'm like, it's a deal. So like I picked up my thyroid and then I was good to go for the rest of my trip. But I, I remember I was terrified of not having thyroid meds because for a while it was like the only thing that kept me going. So that, that's how important it is, right? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to get to that in a second, but I also want to say it's interesting you mentioned that. I not only do this for myself, but I tell people to do it. If you're on thyroid hormone, give an extra bottle to a friend or family member because in the event you're somewhere, it falls in the water, you're in the middle of nowhere in Fiji, you're going to need someone to FedEx you that medication if you can't, you know, jump down to the local pharmacy and get it right away. So, I mean, yeah, that's so funny you had someone do that. I've had that happen too, like leave my thyroid medication and had to have my, you know, mom and someone FedEx me an extra bottle. So, yeah, thyroid is a master gland of the entire body. It is responsible for every metabolic process that goes on from regulation and production of sex hormones, brain function, heart rate, everything. So, if you don't have one, you're dead. That's just the end of that. So, if you don't have one, then you need to replace what it would have been given, you know, what you would have been given, which is thyroid hormones. And the thing is, though, it's like, well, if you can't live without the gland, meaning no thyroid hormones, and what do you think life's going to be like when you've got suboptimal, crappy levels of thyroid hormones? You're going to, you're going to die slowly. You may die faster without the thyroid gland, but you're going to die slowly. And that's exactly what happened to me. When I look at hypothyroidism sometimes, and I, I don't believe in the, um, you know, looking at like a disease as an enemy or anything like that, but just for humor's sake, I'd be like, oh, this thing is like, it's like a slow murder. It's literally like getting to the bottom of like, okay, I, I, you wouldn't allow your wife to be slowly poisoned and not know. And you'd be like, I'm going to do everything to find out who is doing this to my wife. Same thing here. It was just like, what is happening to me? So everything will shut down. You will get diseases, cancers, and other issues that will kill you. So you won't technically die of hypothyroidism, but you will die of something you would have otherwise not gotten because you're in a hypothyroid state. So, and where bulletproof and keto and low carb comes in is perfect because people who've been in a hypothyroid state or been undiagnosed or on the wrong dosage of medication for years, they're insulin resistant at some point. And, you know, what happens too in the hypostate is not just you're naturally gaining weight no matter how much you work out or what you eat, but then you are craving unreal levels of sugar and carbs because yes. you're not getting energy from any thyroid hormone. And so your cortisol is up. And so now you're fat around the middle, you're craving carbs. So then now you've just become a pre-diabetic mess. And that was the key that, you know, a lot of people, and that's where all, all of what we do comes in because the key essentially is, is you might get on thyroid hormone and feel great in every way, but then what do you do about this lingering, insidious, horrible bloat and weight? And the only way to do that is to do the anti-inflammatory, low-carb keto and, and primal yeah. life. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it um, it'll end up killing it end up killing people. I mean, I know someone who was riddled with Hashimoto's, untreated for twenty, thirty years, diagnosed with multiple personality disorders. People get misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder with Hashimoto's. Um, anyone who has ever been depressed or feels like they're struggling with depression, that is absolutely related to thyroid. We have more receptors in our brain than anywhere else, and so 
you know, people are getting misdiagnosed or given Prozac and then it'll work for three months and then it won't work, you know, and then you're back to square one again. Um, or they'll get misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome or something, which I was misdiagnosed with. Don't have it, never had it since. But on the profile of the gyneco- gynecologist, it looked like a classic profile. But again, what's causing it, right? right? So you and I know it's like you go to functional medical doctors, they spend time getting to the root. Most of the time people go to uh, an endocrinologist or some doctor. And endocrinologists, by the way, are the worst people to go to classically for thyroid health. It's true. They're, they're so indoctrinated into a belief system that's 40 years old when it comes to thyroid hormone treatment. So a lot of patients remain sick for years. Um, on the other side of it, too, I have to put some responsibility on the patient. I know a lot of people who they might say, oh, I'm on thyroid, you know, I'm on thyroid medication. And if you were to ask them, do you know what it is and how it works? They have no idea. So those are people that are just taking it from their doctor and they're going, all right, I take this pill. So my biggest thing is if you get diagnosed with something, you get in there and you learn about it. And there's no more of a professional hack than me on this subject because I did it without doctors. I actually solved two bouts of hypothyroidism without a doctor at all. I dosed myself. I took my own blood work because no one would help me. And I live in Los Angeles with like some of the best hormone doctors and celebrity doctors on books and all sorts of stuff and still couldn't find anyone who knew what was up, had to do it myself. So, um, I don't recommend that, but I'm just saying it's like, uh, that's how brutal it is and hard it is to find an informed doctor. Why is it so hard to find a a functional medicine doctor? Uh, Is is, is it because the problem is just more complex than they were taught in school? Like like what, what's the underlying problem there? Well, actually, you probably misspoke there a little bit. It's easy. It's You want a functional medicine doctor probably to deal with it. It's hard to find a regular MD or a endocrinologist who, who treats thyroid properly. Functional medical doctors usually do go above and beyond, so they are the best. Uh, yeah. Here's why it's hard to find, uh, because they haven't gone above and beyond any learning since 30 years ago when they got their MD. And they're indoctrinated into the system. And it's this literally, it's an ego-based approach that's, gosh, I spent all this money on medical school. I, how could I not have learned everything I was supposed to learn? I went to Harvard, right? I, I, and then they don't do any more researching beyond that. So when I see a doctor that just got an MD 30 years ago from somewhere, I kind of look at that as a red flag. I want someone who is geeked out on medicine and excited and yeah. stoked. And you know that functional medicine doctors are usually like that. They orthomolecular medicine, you know, anti-aging. They're dabbling into all these arenas and they're spending an hour with you getting to the root. So, but it's it's still hard to find a functional medicine doctor. Like that's what I was meaning there. Like. It's hard to find a normal doctor who knows about right, this. Right, there's not a lot of them. Yeah, right, but I, I get people in L.A., they'll call me like, Dave, like, who should I go see in L.A.? And, and there's you know, a smattering of people, and maybe there's a bunch of them I don't know, but there's still a, a percentage of doctors who know this. It's, it's, what, 5%, 10%, would you say, of overall doctors? Probably, yeah. and listen, the doctor on my book, Dr. Uh, Gary E. Forsman, who is a functional medicine doctor, I drive two and a half hours to see him on the Central Coast from L.A. Yeah. There's a reason for that. You know what I mean? Um, because he is very unique and special. And so, uh, gosh, all of the experts in Beverly Hills and all of these people, and they're just, uh, I think they're, um, a lot of them don't know and understand the diet component to things. So they might be missing that biggest link. A lot of them know how to test properly. Some of them are scared of being sued, to be honest with you. And that, that's the way they're practicing medicine. And, you know, if you're going in, a, it's the practice of medicine. So, you know, it's a, uh, to operate under that fear, you know, and a lot of new physician assistants and doctors are being trained in pretty much how not to get sued. Is that really 
you know, the first order of business with patients. So I think in this Western medicine world, I mean, I think Western medicine is great, obviously, but, um, it's, you're looking for a prescription when you go to a regular MD, you're not going to be getting answers with 15 minutes. Yeah. I actually became a biohacker because back when I was dealing with all this stuff, I didn't know my thyroid was a problem. I also had my testosterone was very, very low. My estrogen was high. Yep. I was living in a, in a house with toxic mold, which causes Hashimoto's in, in many people. And I had a whole complex of things going on. I, my body was in terrible shape. And I went to this guy and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong, but I feel like I've been poisoned. Like, I just don't have any energy. I bought disability insurance. I'm under 30. And like, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm dying. And, and I, I don't know what's you, going you on. Yeah. Oh, I was, and I was, I was sure of it. And I said, but vitamin C kind of helps. And he goes, how much are you taking? I said, I take three grams a day. And he goes, stop, it could kill you. And I looked at this guy and I go, what about Linus Pauling? And for listeners, Linus Pauling like got, or was nominated for two Nobel Prizes or won two Nobel Prizes and was one of the leading researchers in vitamin C. And the doctor looks at me and goes, Linus who? And, and I just looked at him and I'm like, you're fired. You don't know what you're talking about. And I didn't pay him, and I walked out of the office. I still never paid him, and like he sent it to collections. I'm like, services weren't rendered. He oh, was incompetent. I have not paid so many doctors. <laughs> yeah, there's so many I haven't paid. Yeah. Uh, and and I was just like, I felt betrayed. But for the next four years, I was like, I'll just learn all this. So I read like thousands of books and papers, and put like all my energy into this, and eventually found functional medicine. They didn't even call it that. They called it orthomolecular back then. Right. And. Uh, realized I had a thyroid problem and other hormone problems and toxin problems and dive and like all the stuff that's become biohacking and, and functional medicine. Uh, but if I hadn't have had that same experience you did, which is basically them saying it's all in your head, you have more than two symptoms, therefore you're a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Um, I, people still experience that every day, but I've had clients and I've had friends who are so clearly hypothyroid and you're like, go see your doctor. Oh, I did. And I took a thyroid test and they said I was fine. Walk yeah. listeners through what are they testing and what do you test or what do you recommend testing? Like, what's the difference? Um, let me rattle off the tests and then sure. I'll go ahead just so that people can, you know, write it down later and know exactly what the right ones are for. Because I like to, you know, I listen to podcasts sometimes and they're not giving me enough juice. I want a little bit of information. So yeah. essentially a kind of a comprehensive basic thyroid panel is TSH, free T4, free T3. And then we have two Hashimoto's antibodies. One is um, TPO antibody, and the other is TG antibody. And then there's reverse T3. If you get those all done in one blood draw, that's pretty comprehensive. There's also a little side thyroid-related test, DHEA sulfate. If you're a guy, low in you know total and free testosterone, um, vitamin B12, vitamin D, and uh, homocysteine, and HbA1c, of course, if weight's really a problem. So those are the basics. Um, if we want to do thyroid run, do you want me to just sort to tell you how the whole whole thing Start works? Start with TSH and, and what it does and what converts to what's. And, and people listening may have heard us talking on Bulletproof Radio about uh, specific autoimmune thyroid conditions and other things like that. But I realize I've been remiss in just walking listeners through one of the primary important energy metabolism. Uh, uh, I don't want to call it a, quite a pathway because it's not mitochondrial, but... Your mitochondria it actually tells, yeah. yeah, your thyroid tells your mitochondria what to do in, in some sense. So just walk people through what, what all these things are and why they matter so much. Sure. Um, so first of all, the thyroid's here. It's at the base of the neck. It's like a butterfly-shaped gland. 
One of the reasons people go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed or mistreated for so many years is that a 1973 called the t- test called the TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone, has was classically used and doctors in the know know now that this is not a way to assess people's health. But what it is, it's a signal from the pituitary at the base of the brain that is sent to the thyroid, TSH signal. When it senses that your blood is low in thyroid hormones, and I'll get into that, but we're really gonna focus on just two. There's only two primary ones that we really care about, which is T4 and T3. So once the pituitary senses that your your, your blood is low in thyroid hormones, it sends a signal to kind of wake up the thyroid gland and say, hey, produce more. Then it can either it can either receive that message or not receive it or maybe not execute properly or execute properly and then it's not metabolized. So there's a lot of problems that can happen there. The reason patients have remained sick and undertreated for a long period of time is that we're measuring the thing that doesn't matter, okay? So here's what does matter. So the, the, when the brain says, senses the th- you know, says wake up to the thyroid, the thyroid produces 80% T4 and about 20% T3. Now here's all you really need to know. T3 is really the only thing that matters, okay? Just, I'm going to gloss over that because T3 is the biologically active thyroid hormone. It is energy. Now, just a side note, if you were to look up T3 or Cytomel, which is the brand name online right now, anyone listening, a thousand bodybuilding websites come up and you're like, what's this about? It's because (laughs) those guys, before they go into competition and they need to shed a bunch of fat quickly, they pound themselves with T3. Not good, not healthy. They shut down their own thyroid feedback loop. This is a feedback loop we have going on. Sometimes they may not get it back or screw up their thyroids. And it it messes with all sorts of things. It's not a smart move, but it's the most potent fat burner, which is why hypothyroid patients, low thyroid, get super fat when they're working out two hours a day and eating 800 calories. And the doctor's going, I think you have a closet eating disorder. And you're like, no, buddy, (laughs) I'm freaking working out. Like I've had that, I had that happen to me. Someone just, I had a doctor hit my gym shoes and goes, just use these more. I'm like, I'm working out two hours a day. I'm eating 800 calories. Like there's, this is not even possible. So that's why you get fat because there's no energy being produced in your body. T3 is energy. So it has I, to do. I got yeah. I, I to gotta pause you for a second here. Sure. There's a lot of doctors listening to Bulletproof Radio and most of them are functional. But if you're a regular doctor and you're listening to this, like, you listen to what Elle just said there. And like, like in terms of bedside manner, if you t- ever tell a patient that, like you, you better know your <laughs> shit and that you better know something about that patient. Otherwise, you're just an asshole. Like there's no other word for that. Yeah. Anyway, keep, keep going. But everyone listening who's dealt with this has, has had a doctor tell them that it's not okay to act that way and like we will talk about it on yelp like don't treat patients that way anyway i'll get off my soapbox keep going sorry and but that's will, important no i mean i wrote a whole book that's this entire soapbox <laughs> uh they they also will say things like um you know it's in your head your thyroid's fine yeah. it must be something else so we'll give <laughs> because you because your tsh out. is good right your tsh oh. so, so, so what they do so here's the thing let's let's give a little perspective okay t3 is the only important thing that matters and here's how So I'm on T3 only, okay, which is very Mm -hmm. rare for patients. It's not something that is suggested to anybody. It's very rare. But here's the thing. I have not had any T4 in my body for three and a half years, okay? You don't technically need it as far as we know in science. Is it endocrine mimicry to have it? Yes, and I'll get into that in a second. But it's a pro-hormone. Its only job is to convert into the biologically active T3. So the signal is sent to the thyroid right? The TSH signal. Then the thyroid produces about 80% T4, 20% T3, but about 40 to 50% of that T4 is going to convert throughout the day as you need it to T3. Okay. But in general, 
on its own, it's useless. So back in the day and in general, endocrinologists and doctors classically only test the TSH, the signal being sent, and T4. So they're not even checking and testing the thing that matters and corresponds with how people feel. Free T3 results, and we say free T3, meaning free and unbound and available in your blood, that's what always corresponds with how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is. But these endocrinologists are going off of 30, 40 year indoctrinated protocol where they're told that T3 is very stable, which it is. That's true. It's a very stable storage hormone. And it, you know, if you were on T4, T3 combination hormone and you went 10 days without your medication, T4 would kind of, you know, slowly fizzle out. It has a, a longer life. T3, not so much. I can't go without my medication for very long or something maybe not so great would happen. So um, because T3, direct T3 goes, peaks within two hours and it dissipates within about four hours in the body. Right. Okay, so getting back to the TSH. So let's say you go to Bulletproof and you order some, there you go, grass-fed, uh, grass-fed ghee. And uh, <laughs> you never get the package, right? So let's say you just don't receive it. And um, what do you do? Do you, do you order it again? Do you keep ordering right. it? Or do you call <laughs> up and say, hey... Let's look at tracking. Let's look at, you know, maybe the address was wrong. And the Mm -hmm. same goes for this TSH. The fact that the signal's being sent or not sent is not the way to look at this. It's what's in the blood and happening. So that is why the TSH is a a disaster. Now, it can be helpful when you're looking at TSH, free T3, and free T4 together. It can be a helpful assessor. If it's very high, sometimes that means the brain is screaming, like, to the thyroid, like, hey, wake up. Give me thyroid hormones. Um, If it's too low, then that could be like, hmm, maybe this person's starving or restricting calories and the body is like, you know, kind of just shutting down the the whole feedback loop. But at the end of the day, the problem has really been with the TSH and with the fact that doctors and endocrinologists classically only test T4 and the TSH. And both of those things don't really matter. Don't really matter. So when you're on thyroid hormone that contains T3 at all, okay, that signal gets suppressed. So my TSH result, when you see my blood results, is 0.00. It's, it's done. It's like, let's say it's completely suppressed. It, there's no signal being sent because the brain signal, senses that I have enough thyroid hormone because I'm taking it orally. So, so normally if you have no T4, your TSH goes up and up and up, doesn't it? No, actually, uh, well, it depends. It depends. Okay, that's weird. About, okay, talking about a natural person with like natural working thyroid, and something goes awry. Uh, and the, for whatever reason, the T four is not converting into the T three, and they're not getting enough hormones. Yes, the T S signal will go very high because it's screaming, saying, "Hey, we need thyroid hormones here. We're not getting them for whatever reason." Okay. Um, but when you, because T three suppresses that signal so quickly, more so than T four, because again, T four is sort of mm-hmm. a steady pro hormone then people who are on natural desiccated thyroid, which has T4 and T3 in it, or people like me on T3 only, this is not the case for someone on T4 only, but the people who are on T4 and T3 or any kind of T3, you're often going to get a zero there. You're going to get a suppressed TSH. And there's nothing wrong with that. You've just come in and taken over and shut down. So doctors also get very freaked out about that. Because Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, the way that they used to... It's not practice anymore in medicine, but the way that they used to treat people who had nodules on their thyroid is they would jam them with T4, essentially making them hyperthyroid, and they would have all sorts of cardiac issues and all sorts of bone loss and you know density, bone density issues. And so back then they thought, oh my gosh, a suppressed TSH 
is horrible for your life. They've now done studies that know this is not the case. There's people with T uh, my TSH has been suppressed for, I don't know, 13 years. Um, it's really, it's really not an issue. But again, there's doctors that are still, it would be like us sitting next to someone and them saying, you guys shouldn't eat saturated fat. You're going to get a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same exact paradigm. It's an old shitty paradigm that no one, no one in the know ever practices, but it's still keeping patients sick. Um, I mean, for 20, 30 years sick, I'm talking. Um, it's yeah. really, really bad. Yeah. So, so basically T3 is really all that matters. And so you could be giving a patient a ton of T4 if it's not converting into the T3. doesn't matter. So, so when, when I took T3 only, it was like compounded triiodothyronine. Mm -hmm. uh, my TSH actually kept going up and up without any T4 present. So I ended up getting high TSH and high TSH, even if you have enough thyroid hormone, is correlated with inflammation. So my homocysteine and my C-reactive protein actually elevated, which is why I added some T4 back in, which helped my TSH come down. So it's interesting that you have fully suppressed TSH on just T T3. I didn't know you could do that, which is kind of cool. You might not have been on enough T3, yeah, or you could have been possible. on, or you could have been on slow release T3, which could have maybe not the dosage not been right. Oftentimes, and I'd be willing to bet, were you just doing once a day dosing with T3? I was doing two caps in the morning. I don't remember the size anymore. This was three or four years ago, or maybe five years ago. Uh, two in the morning, one in the afternoon. Okay, okay. So and that would be yeah. roughly, though, direct T3. If it wasn't slow mm -hmm. release, and I'm not sure which it was for you. It, it was slow release. Okay, yeah. so that's a different story, and sometimes that's not the most optimal. Um, and people who are on direct T3 often have to dose three to five times a day. Okay, so that could have been it. What I do now that's been yeah. stable for years, I do... Uh, Westeroids. I do yes, a grain, right. one grain in the morning, which is a natural mix of T4 and T3, and I do a quarter grain at night, which is way less than I used to take. Like I'm probably down 75% from my max dose, and my Hashimoto's antibodies are gone, but I still have slightly deficient thyroid function. I'm, I feel pretty damn good, to be honest. Um, well, you know, maybe you need a quarter grain increase somewhere. Yeah. I, it, I could, I could play listen, around with it. You're a hacker. Yeah. I would totally hack with that in the blood results. Um, it's great that you multi-dose. When you're on anything containing T3, it's better to multi-dose twice a day on, on cool. natural desiccated. And Westroid that you're on, or WP thyroid, is great for patients that might have sensitivity to fillers and things like that. That form of natural desiccated thyroid is kind of the cleanest. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was Alan Christensen, the adrenal reset guy, uh, was the guy who influenced me to switch to that from whatever other armor I was using before. So. You know why? Because armor had, um, it, uh, had left a bad taste in a lot of doctors' mouths because they changed their filler formulation in their pills, and there was too much cellulose to break down. So people then weren't understanding that they had to like chew the pills and swallow them first. Right. So patients were getting sick. and. The medical community and the doctors in the know were like, ah, you know what? Screw you for that. We're going to go with the other brands that didn't pull that BS on their patients. So that's mm -hmm. kind of, Armour is still valid medication, but it just left people with a bad impression. So yeah, that's what happened. So anyway, so getting back to, so w what they're looking at is not only things that don't matter, but they're looking at things that are 30, 40 year ago, you know, uh, thyroid assessment protocols. And that's why the free T3 levels really, really matter. Now, T4 levels matter too. And I, I get into all the details about this in my book and I give tons of blood work examples and before and after and what if this, not this, what if this is still high? So that's all in my book. But at the end of the day, I mean, I was undiagnosed for years because a doctor kept testing the TSH and said it was in range. So that's great. So they're testing the signal 
but they're not testing the what's in there. What's in there? There was I, I was 96 degrees the, all day long. The, so talk about low body temperature and thyroid. What does low body temperature do to you? I, I was 96.8 for years mm-hmm. instead of 98.6. That's Fahrenheit for people listening in the UK. Like 98.6 is normal. So I was yeah. two degrees Fahrenheit, about one degree centigrade off. What, what does that do to you? Well, you can think about it as like trying to cook something over a fire with no wood and like slow burning embers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no energy being created. And, you know, I know that you're really interested in like mitochondria stuff. And this mm-hmm. would be great to like for you to look into in detail because when we talk about energy, but you don't want too much energy created. Otherwise you're yeah. hyperthyroid and then you've got a fast heart rate and, you know, you could have a heart attack. And often those people are very skinny and can't lose weight. And then some people out there might be like, well, why don't I just take a shit ton of hormones? Sorry if I swear. Why don't I take a Uh, ton of thyroid hormones and uh, I'll just lose weight? And it doesn't work that way. It's a little like Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold. So when you don't have any energy being created in the body, your digestion slows down. Um, You're not absorbing nutrients. Gut health is compromised. Uh, your body can't hold on to certain nutrients, so often hypo patients are really deficient in vitamin D and uh, ferritin, iron storage, and uh, B12 and some other things as well. Um, so basically, essentially, it's just like this slow, your brain slow, everything slow, hair growth. That's why people's hair falls out. It's why all of the hormones, sex hormones get screwed up because this is the master gland that kind of regulates and controls all of that, which is then why you can get another disease from one of these tangents. And people don't look here to see, you know, that that's the cause because they don't know how to assess it properly. So, you know, yeah, terrible. There's a lot of people who have like had unnecessary hysterectomies and have had, you know, organs removed and things happen to them that never needed to happen all because their thyroid was never properly assessed and treated. So it's pretty sad. Great life starts with great sleep. Improving your sleep quality with healthy and high-quality bedding is one of the easiest sleep hacks you can do. You spend about a third of your life in bed, so you might as well invest in quality bedding and create a healthy sleep environment. Etitude is the first company in the world to create 100% organic bamboo lyocell bedding. It's a sustainable lifestyle company that aims to provide you the best sleep ever with innovative fabric with health and beauty benefits. Etitude's organic bamboo lyocell is one of the most sustainable textile materials of the 21st century. And the organic bamboo lyocell is fabricated with high eco and ethical standards and a closed loop system that recycles and reuses water up to 200 times to minimize waste. Believe it or not, this stuff actually matters when you're buying bedding. If you get bedding that kind of looks and smells nice, but it polluted the environment while it's being made, you're actually not sleeping on the best thing you could be. Attitude fabric is incredibly feathery, soft, and silky smooth. It's made with non-toxic dye, and the benefits include that it's hypoallergenic, free from harmful chemicals and allergens. It's gentle on sensitive skin, acne-prone skin, eczema, psoriasis, and dermatitis. In other words, if you're sensitive like me, you'll appreciate these sheets. It's antimicrobial. It inhibits bacterial growth to create a bacteria-free sleep environment. It's breathable, moisture-wicking. It wicks away night sweat and leaves your skin feeling cool. And it's thermoregulating. They keep you about two degrees cooler in summer and warmer in winter. I'm happy to share these bamboo sheets with you today. And to be honest, I'm just happy to be sleeping on them. Go to attitude.com.au slash bulletproof to find out the discount code and get 10% off all Attitude products. Enter discount code DAVE10 at checkout. There's no minimum order. Attitude ships worldwide. We've all been there, guys. You get up from a long drive or a meeting and it hits you. The need to uh, readjust. You know what I'm talking about. It's the worst. Uh, Thankfully, Tommy John has the cure. 
Tommy John is the 21st century men's underwear brand that's redefined comfort for guys everywhere, including me. It's unbelievable. They combine feather light, breathable fabrics with innovative design and a fit that's so perfect it's almost like wearing nothing at all. And it's impossible to get a wedgie. Like these are actually biohacked underwear. <laughs> Tommy John's next generation design even includes the patented horizontal quick draw fly. Talk about a game changer. Uh, the undershirts are just as incredible. They go on like a second skin and never come untucked. Even their socks are engineered to stay up all day long. Guys, for a truly mind-blowing undergarment experience, look no further than Tommy John. All their underwear is backed by their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantees, so you've got nothing to lose. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Bulletproof and get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Bulletproof for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Bulletproof. It, it's pretty shocking. I, I was looking, geez, this must be a dozen years ago. Uh, I was looking at my body temperature, and there's a bunch of enzymes in the body, and they only operate in narrow temperature ranges. So if you're a degree too low, some of the enzymes that cause cellular repair never turn on. So if you're not getting enough thyroid medication, your body temperature is too low, so then basically the, the self-repair mechanisms don't kick in all the way, and you don't know why, but you start to decline. That was happening to me, and... Slow healing as well. Like you're a slow healer, you get a cut and it doesn't, there's things that don't resolve well. You don't recover from exercise. You get sore muscles. I had weird hip pain and nerve pain. And I mean, there's, yeah. Uh, Yeah. The, uh, the, the musculoskeletal pain, I used to get that all the time. And, and it's, it's really weird because you just sort of think you're weak and you think it's maybe you're not trying hard enough or it's actually biological. And I, I tried this strange protocol that one of the, the founders of the Silicon Valley Health Institute, it's an anti-aging group that I, I've run a nonprofit in Silicon Valley for a long time. And he wrote this weird thing. It's like, well, I'm a systems engineer. So here's how you do this. And it was a, a body temperature reset protocol where you literally like sit in saunas all day and wear like, like uh, parkas and, and you basically overheat yourself while taking T3 in divided doses many times per day until you, you do it for a week or two to get the body temperature up. And then after that, you, you dress warmly for a while, for like a year. And I did that and it totally raised my body temperature, but we were playing with thyroid levels. And I, I don't know for certain, we didn't have as much knowledge of thyroid and, and certainly getting it tested wasn't as easy back then. But it did make a huge difference to sort of turn on some of the repair systems. And I think that was one of the things that helped me because I, I reestablished a body temperature that was higher than 96.8. I was like around 98, 98.2. So I somehow I changed the set system there. But there was, a, I think it was every two hours you took a microdose of T3 during that protocol. It was fascinating stuff in very early days for this. But what I was talking about there was just the change in my body temperature correlated with much better healing, much better digestion. Like everything got better. That's uh, why hypo patients are chronically constipated, where yeah. no amounts of laxatives will even work. And then people who are hyperthyroid, who have too much, they're they're all the time in the bathroom or too often. You know. Right. So it's it is that balance. Also, the worst part about this is that the way it affects your brain. I mean, there's, I had over, I have, I had over 30 symptoms from inner itching of the ears, heavy legs, you know, misdiagnosed with stuff and freezing all the time, hair falling out, but the, and bloated fat. But the worst one is how it affects your brain because Mm -hmm. it literally makes you so depressed. And what people misunderstand is they think that the patient is depressed because they got fat or they're, and you're like, no, no, I'm having actual 
but like real depression because I don't have yeah. T3 in my brain, which is why when I, uh, I had a reverse T3 problem, I had two hypothyroid issues in, in 10 years, solved both on my own, but I had a conversion issue and I became hypothyroid again. And when I took my first dose of direct T3, immediately the brain, I got, it, it just, I knew right away at that moment, I was like, this is going to save my life. And by the way, I had doctors telling me it's very, it's so awesome that you had a doctor that even knew to prescribe you slow release T3 or direct T3 at all, because doctors are often very afraid of that. I had doctors tell me I was going to give myself a heart attack and kill myself. And I was like, you know what? You're killing me. So how about I'll try my way and we'll see what happens. And it worked. I was, I was really fortunate. I, I was in the Bay area at the time and I, I had made a lot of money. I made $6 million when I was 26. I lost it when I was 28. That was a learning experience. Um, <laughs> a very frustrating learning experience, but... Yeah, no uh, T3 is going to help that bank account. <laughs> no, but I probably lost it in part because I didn't have enough energy to like make good decisions. Like, like Your brain doesn't work that well when you don't have a good T3. But I, I was able to throw money at the problem and all of my time. And when I finally went back to see a doctor after four years of like, screw you guys, I did maybe an obsessive amount of research. And I, I came across uh, Dr. Phil Miller. I think it was like antiaging.com. Like one of the original A4M uh, guys, A4M is the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Uh, maybe one of the precursors to what became functional medicine. And so he was, he was one of, I would call him the godfathers of that. And he's still a personal friend. And he was into this stuff, you know, in, in the 90s. And, and it totally like saved my career in order to have access to this because I'm like, I got my life back. I can go be a VP at a, at a company and draw a paycheck. Otherwise, it's like I wouldn't have hired myself because I couldn't, I couldn't bring it consistently any day. Like, I don't know. Is today going to be a day where I have energy or I'm just going to sleep through meetings and just kind of just be a jerk because I'm just cranky all the time? And like I said, how 25 million Americans dealing with this that Plus, we know yeah. of? Yeah, and it, it's not a small thing. It, it's a life-changing thing. So, people get divorced. People get fired from their jobs. I know people that are still repairing relationships with their children because they acted like a jerk for all those years and they didn't know no one knew what was wrong with them. And that's the case. You get overwhelmed. You're you, often hypothyroid patients suffer from adrenal fatigue. So you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You can't deal with uh, smells, sounds. Someone plays music and you're like, oh, I can't. You just you're so aggravated and testy and, and you're depressed. I had a friend call me after I, I fixed my first problem and I was doing well, he called me sort of crying because he felt so bad because he's like, I thought you were like a party pooper. I thought you were just lazy and not wanting to ever do anything. And you always wanted to stay home. And he's like, and I feel so bad now. So when you don't know what's wrong with you and then your partner doesn't know what's wrong with you and you're going to doctors and doctors are going, you're fine. Your thyroid's fine. You know, and I write sections in my book to to family members who are dealing with a high. Here, give this to your boss. You might need to take a sabbatical. You might need to let them know what's going on. And also, you know, we need to apologize for behavior when we were hypo, if that was the case. And people need to have compassion and really understand this. And so, I put a little section in my book there for for family members and people who. It's it's such a tough thing because um, because of the undiagnosis, you often act you're a mess. You're just a mess. I, and you can't find, you're literally, your brain cannot function in terms of, you become dyslexic almost of mm -hmm. right of hand, you know, to brain dexterity is off. And then also you can't find the words or you mix up the words like a dyslexic. I mean, I'm a fast talker anyway from downtown Chicago. So of course I'm a bound to fumble occasionally, but I can feel it. I can also feel it if I'm not on enough T3, if I'm 
mixing up my words in a weird way. Uh, you can't read a page and retain it. Someone could say something to you and you don't even remember what they just said. People who deal in accounting and numbers, they have the worst problems because when you're seriously hypothyroid and untreated, you feel like you're getting dumb. And Absolutely. Just, and there's this part of you that feels like, maybe I'm just getting old faster. Maybe, you know, and all these doctors are saying nothing's wrong with you. And then, and then that's depressing. And then you also age, the ex age acceleration is horrible. You know, oh, that. Yeah. and I feel like I kick, you know, kick that back into gear, but you feel so old and you just, it's the most depressing place to be. When this hit me, uh, at least when I knew it hit me, I think I'd had problems for a long time, but it got really bad. I had run a program at the University of California uh, it, at Santa Cruz, but a program you in know, Silicon Valley. I'm a banana Valley. slug, right? I'm a banana slug. Oh, you're a banana slug, sweet. I'm totally a banana slug. I, I was a gaucho for where I studied, but I did teach at, at UC Santa Cruz Extension. And I ran the program that taught Silicon Valley engineers how to build like the first generation of the internet that we know. Like, oh, awesome. like I taught four nights a week uh, and it was like my passion. So I, my thyroid is slowing down. I'm having problems. And I go to apply to be CTO at this company, uh, chief technology officer. Dude, I ran the program to teach 1,500 engineers how this stuff works. Like, I know my shit cold, right? Like, I'm good at this. I wrote a book about it uh, a very long time ago that never got published, but it was a deal with printers. Like, like, this was my world. And the guy asked me a question about DNS, something that only geeks would recognize. I couldn't answer the question in the interview. And I just, I, I walked out of there going, I'm losing it. Like, I'm, I'm stupid. It was an obvious technical solution. I could have done it with my eyes closed. I've whiteboarded this 10 times in class, and I can't bring it. And, and it was that, that feeling of, I must be getting stupid. And, and you start to question, like, your self-worth, and it all comes down to energy production. Like, if your brain doesn't work, your eyes don't work well, and you're, you can't think, you can't remember, you can't remember words. And it's, it, it's, a, it's like you said, it's like slow dying. Um, it actually like, else, literally is, yeah. though. That's what's yeah. messed up about it. It's a slow, it awful is. death. I, you know, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get murdered, I'd rather like it quick. There's get, you know, <laughs> right? You know, I don't want a slow one with like 20 stab wounds. I, you know, just give me one in right. the right place and let's be done with it. So it is um, a steady, awful decline, riddled with lots of health issues, and um, and hormonal issues. So I had low testosterone. You know, oh, I had adrenal fatigue. Too. No wonder yeah. you probably had low testosterone at that time did, too yeah. in your hypo. That happens all the time with women and men. So uh, as you know, and even for women, testosterone is important. It's Anyone listening to me now would say she probably has healthy amounts of testosterone. I'm a strong-headed female, a pretty alpha female. Um, you guys obviously need it in more abundance, but that's another factor too. So then these hormone levels get low and you just feel meek and feeble and you, you're crying all the time. And, uh, it's, it's really honestly the most depressive place to be. You end up being kind of a hermit. You also, you get skin thickening, your skin thickens and you get myxedema and you're just buffy, you know, just bloated and puffy. And so you don't even feel comfortable literally in your own skin. It's not yeah. just that you're fat and you're like, I look fat. You feel like you drank a bottle of MSG. When you bend your <laughs> when you bend your leg, you're like, "What is happening? Why am I so tight and bloated?" It's because your skin actually starts to thicken. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's really this. <laughs> I I think I stayed inside for the first you know the two years. I mean, I, I it was so. I mean, I went and worked out, and I tried to do you know my morning routine, and then I would just literally sit and cry and research my way out of it. After that, can you talk about post pregnancy thyroid conditions? 
Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I've uh, never had a baby, but often women after pregnancy and giving birth will either have a swing. Sometimes they become hypo, usually after two, three kids sometimes, or hyper. Oftentimes it's hypo. One of the things could be low iron related to that, like low iron stores that were never checked. Um, perhaps that woman had heavy periods, then got pregnant and then lost blood in the delivery and never got those levels up to normal. So something as dumb as a ferritin level, which is iron storage can induce, you know, thyroid issues, uh, could be the stress involved in being a new mom. And depending on what that situation is, you know, if someone's broken, struggling and working three jobs, then that absolutely could induce hypothyroidism. Same with, you know, I had a selenium deficiency at one point that could do it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors, but often women, and I'm sure there's more details that the doctor on my book probably has experience with pregnant women on, but it's just often the case that after a couple of children, women develop a thyroid issue. It, it's so worth paying attention to because you need to have energy to, to recover from pregnancy and to be there for, for your baby. And after our first child, so, so my wife is a physician, Dr. Lana, uh, she coaches people on fertility and, uh, and has a really good success rate there. And our first book, The Better Baby Book, is like everything you do before and during pregnancy to have better epigenetics in kids. And sure. it was like the first book about epigenetics, like hands-on guide on what, okay, now it's real, what do we do with it? And after our first baby, she developed a thyroid, uh, hypothyroidism. Right, even though we did everything, we tested ferritin, we ate liver, like we did all this stuff, right? And I remember going because I I lived it. I'm like, you have a thyroid experience. So she's like, no, I'm a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're diagnosing her. That's great. So, but I was just like, I could, I'm like, you're sleeping and I'll flush because it's because I have a new baby. I'm like, and now, like, you act like you have thyroid and you're cold. Like, like, come on. So after about a year, she got tested and her levels were really low. She went on uh, her thyroid medication and it got better. And she, I think she's off of it today, but. It was like that first year was really frustrating because trying to care for a new baby when you have really low energy and just trying to be cognitively present, you get mommy brain anyway because all of a sudden like you can't sleep because every noise wakes you up in case it's the baby and all this stuff happens. So I, that's an area where I always tell new parents, like if you're at all tired for six weeks, it's normal. Like you're recovering and you don't get good sleep. But if it's more than that, you just get a test. A thyroid test is like a hundred bucks. It's not expensive. Yeah. And there's also, you know, it's interesting because you can have a miscarriages are often the result of yes. people being hypothyroid. So if someone is attempting to get pregnant and they, uh, are, have any kind of hypothyroid symptoms, uh, either way they should get tested for the thyroid levels regardless. And if someone is on thyroid hormone replacement, they usually need to increase their dose during mm -hmm. pregnancy. So that's another nuance to the pregnancy thing. You usually need more thyroid hormone during the pregnancy and then after maybe you drop a little bit, maybe it could be half a grain or if you're on natural desiccated, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but that needs to be monitored and certainly checked beforehand because I mean, I've had friends who've had three miscarriages before they were diagnosed, you know, often with women, a thyroid situation affects your gynecological. It'll show up in that way sometimes with a gynecological issue, like bleeding too much or heavy periods or mm -hmm. miscarriages, infertility too. You also then can't get pregnant. So why remain frustrated for years and years and years? Why don't you go test, you know, this underlying causes of infertility? And low ferritin is one of them, actually, not just thyroid. So, yeah. You're, you're totally right there. And, and I know when she works with clients now, uh, before they get pregnant, thyroid levels, look, you've got to have enough energy in your mitochondria. You're not going to have that without enough thyroid. So everything you can do there on, on hormones, and you're, you're dead right on those things. Now, we're 
We're coming up on the end of our interview, and uh, I'm grateful that you shared just the basic pathways there on how the thyroid works with listeners, So, and also some of how it feels to be low thyroid, which is really important. So maybe you see this in yourself, you see this in a coworker, your spouse, or your friend, that's really helpful. Um, where can people find out more about your book specifically? Like, where, they go to Amazon to order it? Yeah, I mean, it's at a variety of outlets, even in Barnes & Nobles right now, but okay. Amazon.com. You can also just check out my website, lrust.com, if you want to find out more about me and my work. But Amazon okay. is pretty much where to go right now for the book. Um, and and you know, The Paleothyroid Solution. Okay. Thank you. And there's also, if, if people go, oh, she's not a doctor, she's just a lay person. Well, I have an amazing functional MD with a depth Q&A in the book where he corroborates everything that we're all saying. So if anyone feels like they don't trust hearing it from a lay person's mouth, you're, you're also going to hear it from a doctor. Yeah. And, and just, to, just to kind of put it in perspective, you're listening to Bulletproof Radio, hosted by an unlicensed biohacker. <laughs> Hacker, just yeah. so we're all clear on this, right? Yeah. Uh, I have fired multiple doctors, and I work with a whole team of them. So yeah. uh, in order to bring information to the public, you don't have to have an MD. You have to have skills. Uh, so I, uh, I appreciate doctors very much, but if you don't trust them because they're not a doctor, you have psychological issues and you need to work on those. Exactly. And go with your gut. You know, your doctor's not always right. And, you know, so yeah. double check their work just because they went to Harvard means nothing to me. So, you know, just suss them out as well. And I'm glad you said that about friends and family. I noticed it in people when people start to get depressed or have brain issues and they're seeing like listless and kind of general malaise. That's always a good indication other than the being cold and the fat. It's this not caring and not having passion in life and not wanting to pursue your goals. That's a huge hypothyroid symptom. Yeah. Totally. So zest for life. Look at uh, thyroid, look at testosterone, look at, look at everything you do that makes energy. But thyroid is oftentimes at the core and, and thanks for sharing it. I want to ask you one more question. Sure. And you're going to have an interesting answer too, because you're you're a comedian. In addition to all of these other things that we just talked about today, which are probably not that funny, like it's hard to make thyroid jokes. Yeah, it's hard to make thyroid. This is you. Three three thyroids walk into a bar. It's just not the same. Anyway. <laughs> so if someone came to you tomorrow and said, "Look, based on every experience you've had in your life, health and otherwise." What advice would you have for me if I wanted to just kick more ass at everything? So I want to be better at everything I do. Three most important principles. What are they? Mm, don't BS people. Be a straight up shooter. Um, always be on time or early. I prefer that. Always be early. I mean, I tell people starting out out of college, getting into the corporate world, I'm like, show up at 730 to that office even if you don't have to. Just get there. You'll get more done before everyone's rolling in at 830, wasting time with coffee, and you'll be... Uh, I was really successful and retired at a young age from the technological industry up in Northern California as well. And so I feel like being on time, being early, um, I, I'm a firm believer in just, I mean, obviously we have to edit ourselves sometimes, of course, but people value my opinion because they know I'm going to tell them the truth. And I pride myself on that. And I feel that's a compliment. And so when you're wishy-washy or you bet, yeah, it's, it's a loss of strength in there in your character. So I feel like being up front, being honest with people usually gets a lot of respect. And then people know that you're, they're going to get the truth from you. So, um, see what else, uh, kicking ass. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like as much as you can act out of integrity as much as possible, we all have little parts of our lives. We're little hypocrites here and there on some things where we might judge someone on something that we ourselves maybe are a little backwards on. But at the end of the day, I think just I'm shooting for as many areas where I can be out of integrity. And even if that's within myself, you know, with something. So that's always a, a good one, I guess. Yeah. 
Cool. Great list. I, I was expecting you to say laugh because you do comedy and you did it. Well, it totally shocked well, me. well, I will <laughs> say this. I actually rarely watch dramas and I feel that when you are going through a healing thing or you're hypothyroid and you're screwed up, I recommend to people don't watch the CSIs. Don't be watching murders and rapes every night. Watch stand up comedy almost constantly. Watch as much, <laughs> you know, comedy and, and, and laugh as much as possible, but stay away from the negative stuff that can seep into the subconscious and really make it a, a harder process to heal, you know? And as we know, they've done studies on laughter and, and healing. And so you can look into those too, if anyone's interested. Yeah. A- absolutely. Um, I, I think there might be an exception. There's actually two PubMed studies that show zombies are good for your thyroid, but not murders. <laughs> I, I'm just, right. no. Walking <laughs> totally dead that is totally <laughs> acceptable, but not, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. Well, L. Russ, thank you for being on Bulletproof Radio today. Totally appreciate uh, that you've you've uh, set aside some time and energy to write a book about your thyroid experience and to help people understand what's going on with it because it really matters and it's affecting a lot more people, I think. And for listeners, it could be affecting you directly or it's affecting someone in the room with you right now listening. Like it, it's this big of a problem. It is. It's really an epidemic. So uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. Cool. If you like today's episode, there's a couple things you could do. One is you could go out and check out L. Russ's book. Another thing you could do that I would personally appreciate is if you took exactly 23 seconds and went over to the iTunes webpage or your iTunes app and just gave Bulletproof Radio a five-star rating. Just tell people it's good, and that will help them find this. It will help them get this kind of information. And plus, it's a nice way of saying thanks. And every time you say thanks, it actually puts a nickel in the account that makes you live longer. So if, you, if you're grateful all the time, you actually live longer. So by showing gratitude with the rating, you can have an opportunity to live longer, which lets me be grateful to you, which lets me live longer. Since I'm trying to live to 180, if you give me a five-star rating, you could follow me to living to 180. You can help me live to 180, and then you can hopefully laugh because this is total BS. I just would appreciate it. So anyway, have, have a wonderful day. And Elle, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.